Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dead or Survive. I'm your host, Rob Riches. And I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches. Oh, boy, you're already giggling. Yeah, that took about three I, seconds into recording. That's because I said I usually do three, two, one, and then I accidentally did three and then hit the button. So this, I, what? <laughs> Was I ready? What has happened? Well, I don't what if know. our audience finds out I wasn't ready? Because I'm normally the one that's ready. I think you're ready. I was started ready. talking before I started laughing, so that's a good sign. Oh, boy. <laughs> what are we at? Number 28 here? 29? 30. This is 30. This is number 30. Yeah. And you don't know how to start it yet. It started. Okay. We're doing it. This is true. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hope you had a fantastic week. We've had one of those weeks that were good, bad, tiring, yeah. all that good stuff. Uh, for some of you that are friends with us on Facebook, you uh, might already know, but we were hacked and somebody went and took all our money out of our account. So we're dealing with all of that. That yeah. makes my wife extremely happy. It makes me very angry. And mostly because I had to drag my ass out of bed at 4 a.m. to go to work. And that bastard that stole our money was probably sleeping in. That's all that you care about. <laughs> That is the thing that doesn't makes matter me that he violated us, that he stole the stuff, that you know, prices for banks are going to go up, that we had to, um, you know, borrow some money for, for the weekend to, to finish off some of the stuff that we had started. No, no, he got to sleep in, yes, <laughs> or she. <laughs> it, made me, it made me very mad oh. that morning when I woke up. That's the only thing I could think of. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we we're lucky that we have uh, excellent help and support. So yeah, didn't take long. The bank is uh, working with us and going through everything. So we will be just fine and everything will be all worked out in the next 10 to 25 days. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could, uh, other than that, we did a little, I did a little golfing on the weekend and I got to go to one of my favorite places. Uh, actually got to take my son with me. So that's cool to get some, spend some time with my kiddo. And we got to go to uh, Comic-Con. Yep. So that's like the yeah. holy grail, the foundation of Batman. Yeah, there was a lot of Batman stuff there. Yeah, and you didn't leave me alone once. You I did one time. One and I time. came back and you had bought something while I was gone. I know. And then you didn't leave again. <laughs> I don't like that game. It's a bad game. Next time I'm going to go without you. <laughs> one item. Entire Comic-Con. I got one item. <laughs> It's a good one, though. Well, of course it's a good one. Yeah. It's got Batman on it. Well, there you go. How could it go wrong? That's not the point. You're missing the point. <laughs> like you said, there were several items. There was lots. I could have filled another bat room. There was lots of the, gro the crow things there, too. Yes, my wife is a big crow fan. She likes the crow. She, yeah. I don't even know if she likes the movie or if it's just Brandon Lee. Either way, my competition is dead, so I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> not that that's a good thing, but... Um, yeah. So, yeah, I got you a little crow present. Yep. I'm really happy with it. Even though you haven't opened it. I haven't opened yet. it because I'm afraid to open it because it's a collectible. Well, and you're clumsy. And I'm clumsy. Yes. So, other than that, uh, yeah, that's basically our week in a nutshell. Yep. Yep. Comic-Con, golfing, and robbed. Robbed. Oh, and my motorcycle broke. Oh, yeah, there was that too. <sighs> I quit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm done. That's where I draw the line. Motorcycle quit. Beautiful days. Can't ride the motorcycle. Mm -hmm. 
Anyways, uh, how are you doing for story? I got a story. Yep. Is it sure a fantastic do. story? It's a good story. It it's... better be really, really good. Because Why? next week, we are going to do opposites. Yep. So next week, I will be telling the survival story. You're going to have to learn how to pack that so full of information to make it last. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay, so it's just going to be a really short episode? No. Oh, okay. It's going to be fantastic. You know what you need to worry about? What? That people aren't going to start flooding our Facebook page and our email page saying, get rid of Cheryl, just do it on your own. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I have confidence. I'm telling you. <laughs> telling you, that's how great my story. I've been looking for a story off and on, knowing this was coming up. Yep. And have you found one? Absolutely. Oh. Oh, you are so worried. How about you? No, I haven't even started. You haven't even started? Yep. Slacker. There are so many, Darwin. There's not so many survivors. There is a ton of survivals. Tons. You just mm. don't want to. We're being attacked by a cat. Where is he? He's banging on the door. Oh. Uh, there is so many survival stories out there. It is absolutely easy oh drink up why because you said absolutely that's your word is it that's my yeah, word that's your word what's your word anyways oh <laughs> so many that it's it, it was actually boring i think i clicked once that's how easy your oh, side is so you're doing 127 hours yeah <laughs> no. well, this is one that nobody has even heard of well maybe a couple of people okay nothing you have definitely heard of Okay. And I'm going to do it without rapes. Wow. There will be nobody raped. There will be no children ripped from the wombs of women. <laughs> there will be nobody pushed downstairs. I will do a survival story where people go, oh my God, that's what I'm going to do. Well, I'm looking forward to it. See, I support you, baby. Thank I support you. you and I'm looking forward to it. Good. And I'm looking forward to see if you can try to fill the amazing shoes that I have done and add comedy and Find that special little Darwin that makes everybody tick. And just because, you're going to have to go look. I've done something special for my Darwin Awards this way to make it more difficult for you. <laughs> what do you mean? You'll see. Oh. Okay, then. So, with that being said, we will start our show. So, remember, next one that we do, we will be doing opposites. So, if you're following along and you're, and you're going, oh, okay, I know. If you're new... It'll be my first time you ever hear me right. doing a survival story. If you're new, this is where I do a survival story. Somebody who is living after against all odds. And then Rob's going to follow me with a story of some Darwin Awards for and our it, new listeners. And if you are new, why did you stop at 30? Like, or stop, start. start. Why did you start at 30? Good. I like it. Well, I mean, <laughs> I put a lot of effort into 10 they, of them. They can go back. They can go don't go to one or two. Don't do one or two. <laughs> and if you are new, mm -hmm. enjoy. My wife and her next five minutes of where she's going to terrify us by ripping and raping women. Nope, not this week. Oh. <laughs> All right. Got your story? I do. Got your drink? I do. Let her rip potato chip. Okay, I'm going to tell you about Michael and Matthew Couillard. Um, Father and son. I've done... Father, and, father daughter. and daughter. Now I'm doing father and son. Good. Okay. How old's the son? Ten. That's a little better than last time. Yeah. Okay. So it's January of 1995. 
Michael Couliard is an American, an American in the Air Force stationed in Turkey. And on this day, he decided to take some time off and he planned a ski trip to Kartlakaya with his sons, Mark and Matthew. So he had both of his sons there with him. He had a daughter too. Her name was Marissa and she stayed home with his wife, Mary. So at the time, Mark was 12 years old and Matthew was 10. So they're having some serious father-son bonding time, right? Aww. Yeah, skiing in the mountains of Turkey. Not that many Americans can say they've done that with their father, I guess. You don't know. I bet Is that an some... assumption? I bet Do you, you know that? Did you research it? There's not a lot. All right. <laughs> I can think of three people right now. You cannot. I can so. Okay, who? The three you just named. No, I said father <laughs> skiing with their father, so you can think of two. Whatever. Yeah, gotcha. Uh-huh. Okay. After lunch, Mark decides. Please that... email us if you've gone to Turkey and skiing with your father. I'd like to prove her wrong. <laughs> Thank you. After lunch, here we go. Mark decides that he wants to spend some time skiing with his friends. So he ditches dad and his brother. Dad, his little brother, right? Yep. Pretty typical. He's 12. Um, no, that's not typical for 12, but okay. It's preteen. It's typical. You think so? 12, yes. taking off? Turkey yeah. by yourself in a ski hill? Well, away? they're with a whole bunch of like Air Force people. Well, you they're, didn't tell us that, did you? There's a bus full of Air oh, Force people. Oh, see? Now it doesn't sound so bad when you get all the facts. <laughs> the, it was like a class trip from the Air Force. Do they people all... out there feel like I have to pull the story out of her? No. I think that's what I'm here for. I have to pull the people are like, I think Rob's right. No, no that's not true. And then it's like, it's oh, there were the bus of people. Yeah, I was forgotten. <laughs> okay. All right. Bus of people. 12 year old took off. Right. 10 year old hanging out with dad. Exactly. Right. Carry on. Okay. So Mike and Matthew decide to head back up the hill without Mark. They had had a full day of skiing. They were getting tired and the resort was closing soon. So Mark and Matt. Sorry, Mike and Matt decided to go on one last run all the way to the top of the mountain. What I really want to know is what his wife and daughter's name were. Mary. I already <laughs> said it. Mary and Marissa. So they are all M's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you that. Yes. They stayed at home. I knew they stayed at home, yeah. but I didn't hear you say their names. Yeah, they're all M's. Oh. Okay. They had to take three different lifts to get to the top of this hill. By the time they reached there, the weather had started to turn. I guess this mountain is known for its bad weather. It's positioned in a spot where the wind comes over the mountains and things can turn very quickly. Well, then that's the perfect place to take your 10-year-old son skiing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's actually, oh, what did they call it? It was a funny name. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, The name of the storm. that Like we have Chinooks. They have a special name for whatever comes over the mountain there. I can't remember what it was, so look it up (laughs) (laughs) thanks for filling our viewers with more fun facts and knowledge baby okay so it was snowing when they get to the top and there's this solid wall wall of fog that rolled in off of the black sea they could no longer see the slope back to the resort that's how bad it got so they try to start skiing down the hill but the snow and the fog just keep getting thicker the storm is really bad. It, the air, it ends up closing down um, roads in the area and there's trees down. Like it ends up being a really bad storm and they end up losing the trail. They get to a point where they realize that 
where they were skiing, there there hadn't been anybody skiing there in quite some time. It, the snow was deep and untouched. So they start to climb back up the hill in hopes that if they climb back up, they'll be able to see the path where the path is to rejoin it. But when they get to the top, they realize that they can't even see the resort. All they can see is another hill. So what actually happened was that they took the wrong way and they ended up on the far side of the mountain. So they were just heading further into the wilderness instead of getting closer to the resort. Yeah, that's probably a bad thing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It was getting to be twilight and they were in a complete whiteout. They were cold and they were wet and Mike knew that they couldn't keep going on like that. They had spent seven hours trying to find the right trail to make it back down to the resort. Hypothermia and frostbite are obviously a real danger at this point. We've talked about that in some of my other survival stories. Snow. Hypothermia and frostbite. Hypothermia. Yeah. People dying. Yeah. Well, no. Eating people. Well, yeah. There's there's people that that, died. (laughs) They don't all survive. That's true. Um, Matthew is 10 years old and he's completely exhausted and he can't go any further and Mike can't carry him. So he, Mike decides that they need to stop back at the resort. The bus is about to leave and Mike's other son, Mark is looking frantically for dad and brother. And he's letting people know, Hey, my dad and my brother aren't back. Right. So Mark thinks that the bus is going to wait until they get back, but it didn't. It drove away, leaving Mark behind. What? Well, when I first heard that part, I was like, did they just leave him there? But no, it was one of Mike's colleagues, Wanda, stays behind to look after Mark. Still. Yeah. And Wanda had to call Mary, his wife, to let her know the situation. So that's probably a pretty awful conversation that you have to have with some Hi, things. I'm Wanda, and yeah, your husband's not going to be home tonight. <laughs> yeah. What? What? <laughs> Oh, and, he's oh, lost. And your son. Your 10-year-old son. your 10-year-old son. Yeah. It can't be, it can't be a great conversation. Uh, search and rescue team is sent up the mountain to look for them. Mike had a lot of survival training because he's in the Air Force, so he knew all that Air Force stuff. Oh, so he knows how to land a plane. <laughs> he knows how to make sure the I'm plane sure stays they go, in the air. I'm sure they go through basic training. Well, there was a thing that I, I played when I was uh, uh, used to hang out with some people that did... Um, yeah. What's the thing in Canada called? Uh, air cadets. Right. Yeah. And they used to do uh, plane down, airplane down. Oh, okay. And they take them to a camp and out there. And what happens if your airplane crashes and you got, these are the materials you've got and then you have to try to get that going. Yeah. So, so I'm sure you learned That's probably something. just a mini version of what you'd actually learn if you Mini version? To... Yeah. <laughs> mini version. Well, I guess they didn't light the plane on fire, but other than that. <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to Mike. He found a good tree and he used his skis and poles to weave between the bows, boughs to make a roof. He knew that the biggest danger would be their body heat being leached into the ground. So he put some pine boughs down for them to lay on top of to give them a little bit of protection from the cold ground. See, I find that interesting. Well, because there's snow there and actually snow acts as a really good insulator. So if you were to dig your body and put it into the snow, you'd think that insulate you and keep you warm. But under a tree, there might not be snow. If you found a really thick pine tree. Yeah, I guess. Then go get some snow. Make a blanket. I don't know. I'm just telling you what he told me. Just telling you. I think I would survive some of your stories. Maybe. Maybe especially now. Because I've told you all these little tips and tricks. Yeah. And I've taught you how not to be stupid and die. (laughs) Okay. So I I told you they spent the night there, right? Yes. If not, they were preparing to spend the night right. there, put boughs down, 
I don't keep warm. I don't know. Boughs are laying on snow. It, it all sounds like a complete nightmare to me. The next morning, when it gets light out, Mike sees that there's an opening in the rocks nearby. And when he investigates further, he finds out that it's a cave. So he moved Matthew into the cave and decide to follow the first rule when you get lost, which is... Stay still. Don't stay move. Stay put until somebody finds you. So he planted his skis in a big X outside of the cave, hoping that if somebody came up there looking for them, they would see the skis and then investigate the cave a little bit better, right? Investigate. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile... Special forces from Mike's airbase show up and start searching, with Mike's commanding officer leading the search. The search made national news. Yes, we are here. The problem was that the search was focusing on areas surrounding the ski slopes, and Mike and Matthew were actually miles away. Mike realized that he and Matthew both have the first stages of frostbite, so he does his best to try to keep their skin dry and warm. He actually took... He kept taking... Matthew's socks off and like heating his feet up with his body heat and then he took um because his socks and his boots were cold and wet so he took Matt's scarf and wrapped them around his feet to try to keep his feet warm yeah did you know even when you're uh when I did camping and winter camping and survival camping and stuff they tell you to take your socks off because there's so much sweat getting out of your feet yeah. and stuff and you should, it should change all of that stuff you're better off to sleep like in cold weather, it's like with, with basically your underwear and a warm blanket around you than yeah. you are with your clothes on. Because even your shirts and your pants that you don't think would retain yeah. sweat. Yeah, so I guess Mike kind of knew what he was doing and he did his best. Um, they spent another night on the mountain. The next morning, the storm broke. The roads opened up back up down the hill and Mark makes it back to his mom. Mark is the other brother. Keep up. Yes, he got left with Wanda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I remember Wanda because she's the only one on an M. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the cave, Mike's, Mike hears a helicopter. So he ran outside to guess, get their attention. But guess what? He sunk in the snow. No. He forgot his boots. His feet got cold. <laughs> this is the first story I ever told where the helicopter finds him first try. What? No. Oh. <laughs> the helicopter didn't see him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mike runs back into the cave to get Matthew, hoping that the helicopter would come back. But he realized that Matthew couldn't get his ski boots back on because the frostbite had completely set in. And I guess your feet really swell up when that happens. So he couldn't even get his boots back on. Especially probably up in a mountain. Because I know when you're walking, like some of the stuff, I, you know, when you're walking up mountains, they tell you not to take your boots off because yeah. your feet will go. Right. Well, that's what happened. So. And I know you couldn't see that, but I made my hands bigger. <laughs> You made the sound effect. I think yeah. everybody had the mental image. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see. When we're on YouTube, you'll be able to see that. <laughs> Only a few more weeks. Right. So Matthew couldn't stand up at this point, and Mike couldn't carry him, so they're stuck, right? Unless Mike wants to leave Matthew in this in the cave. How come they didn't try making a fire? With what? He had pine needles, pine trees. What's he going to light it with? Rub the sticks together. I don't know. Does that even work? It works. Okay. I'm going to show you. You show me. I'm going to record it, and then I will post it. Okay. When you get that fire lit, it'll be a very long video. No, you can just edit it, but I will do <laughs> yeah. it. Okay. Uh, okay. I want to see it. All right. We're at the frostbit feet here, right? Frostbit feet. Okay. People are stuck in a cave. Why do I have to right. keep telling you about your story? So now we're at day four. 
Day four. The search party is still concentrating on the wrong side of the mountain, but they hear a helicopter again. Oh, they're just going to miss them. <laughs> it's like you've heard this before. Mike races out of the cave, not even having time to put his boots on. So there you go. You had that right when you guessed the last time. It was so close that Mike could see the American flag painted on the side, but it just keeps going. Mike knew that they weren't searching there, so what was actually happening was the helicopter was just en route to the other side of the mountain, so they weren't even looking at that point. That's why they weren't seeing him, because they weren't even looking there. They were yeah. just flying to where why they were Why would you going. think that maybe he got off the trail? Yeah, I don't know. But that's what happened. Okay, so we're Who's on- the commanding officer? <laughs> I want to talk to him. Now we're on day six. Day six. Day Feet six. are frozen. Mike can't walk. Nobody's eating. They're melting water in ski boots so that they can drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do what you got to do. You can't eat snow. It'll kill you faster. Okay. Why? I don't know. Something about it takes more energy to defrost the snow in your body and turn it into water than actually it gives you. It makes your body work harder. So if everybody out there just ate a whole lot of snow in the wintertime, they'd be really thin? Yep. Or die. Huh. Yeah. New exercise thing. <laughs> okay. Mike knows that he needs to do something. It's day six. He doesn't want to leave Matt alone, but he knows if he doesn't do something, they're both just going to die in the cave. Mike can see a ridge across the stream. He thinks that if he climbs the ridge, somebody might be able to see them. Oh, that's right. We're at, we're onto the stream. They were melting the snow before, and then he had ventured out and found the stream when the storm broke. Anyways, oh. they're still drinking it out of ski boots. Ladies and gentlemen, now that you've got the second part of the story. <laughs> okay. And they were rescued. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll go back to what happened. <laughs> okay. So he it's leaves like a Matt. Tarant- Quentin Tino movie. You give him the ending first and then go back to the beginning? No. <laughs> is this a new thing you're trying? You know trying? they're rescued. This is my story. <laughs> Maybe not both of them. Maybe. Oh, so now they both get rescued. There you go. There goes the climax of the story. I thought maybe when his dad went over the ridge, he fell and they saw his blood splattered across the snow. And that's how come they looked in that direction. But that's now an it's awful ruined. version of this story. Like really bad. Could have happened. <laughs> it could have. Okay. He sees the ridge. He thinks that if he climbs the ridge, somebody might be able to see him. Like the helicopter flying over might notice him. So he leaves Matt and he climbs and he tries to get to the top of the ridge. But he tries several different paths. And every time he gets up, there's something huge in the way, like a fallen tree or a bunch of boulders, and he just cannot make it to the top of that ridge. And you got to think that day six, no food. He's probably started and frozen feet. He's probably not at his physical peak right now, right? So he can't get to the top of the ridge. And he's only a pilot. <sighs> Is that it's a little a, dig? I'm just saying they're not true. Like I mean, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, Tom Cruise and man. <laughs> he's a short little dude in a plane. <laughs> Like real army, <laughs> armies are one with okay, boots so on the ground. Okay, so all hate mail can be sent to <laughs> That's Rob. That's right. Send it to me. Tell me how a pilot <laughs> is more effective at combat and and stuff on the ground than an actual army guy or a marine that's on the ground. Booyah! Yeah, marines probably that's just right. go out on boats though, and they're still trained. Like everybody knows a marine for their physical aptitude, but right. they're just out on boats. No, they're not. There's special forces, elite forces that do everything. 
You're thinking of the Navy. Oh, you don't even know what you're talking about. I obviously have no idea what I'm talking about. Like none, none whatsoever, which is why I never cover army stories because I know that I'm going to come out looking like a complete idiot. So I just don't do it. Well, (laughs) I want to tell you how this story's going, baby. (laughs) I didn't say it. Okay. Back to my story. Oh yes. Feet swollen. Physical peakness. (laughs) Right. Okay. So he returns to the cave. The American military decides that it's time to withdraw their search. We're out. Right. But the Turkish military continues. Because they were not pilots. They were boots on the ground, guys. Betcha they were the army. Probably. They're not going to put the Air Force on a mountain, I don't think. That's who came to look for them from the States. Yeah, but that's only because it was their comrade. Yeah. Okay. So why wouldn't so you just answered your own thing? Yeah, they wouldn't put the Air Force to look for a guy in the mountain. Ding 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 ding. What I just said. <laughs> Thanks. All hate mail okay. can go to Cheryl Riches. <laughs> um, the Turkish are using less sophisticated aircraft, so they do have mm-hmm. aircraft in the air. Basically, they're at the part where they're mapping out the areas so they can go back in the spring to find their bodies. Mary is convinced that her husband and son are still alive. And she tries to convince them to keep searching. Like, you know, she says, you know, like, you should feel it if your husband and son are gone. And she just felt like they were still around. You wouldn't. I would. Not. The Turkish government decided that they were going to try one last big push. And they sent 500 Turkish commandos out to search. Oh, the commandos. The commandos. I'm not even going to comment because I have no idea. <laughs> They're like the Marines. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. The guys I would have called in. Day seven. Mike hasn't seen any rescue helicopters for days, and he realizes that staying put is not going to get them rescued. Matthew's condition is getting even worse, and the last push by the Turkish military has come up with nothing, and the search is called off. They figured that nobody could have survived for seven days in these conditions. Nobody. Nobody. Except for a pilot. Or Rambo. Rambo would have just tied his feet up and walked out with his band, <laughs> took the bandana off his head and walked out carrying shirtless. three people shirtless <laughs> with a survival knife. Yes. But he would have had a survival knife because he was a Marine and a commando <laughs> and he would have had a Flintstone, which could have started a fire okay, with. They were there <laughs> like vacationing. They were having a fun day. They weren't there with all of them. Yeah, and what do I carry in my pocket at all times and you laugh at me? You Why do, do you need you so do. many of these? You do. You always have a knife in your pocket. That's right. Why? I don't know. You tell me. Because I don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get me into some kind of weird situation where I need a knife. Okay. Uh, Wanda pays a visit to Mary and tells her that she should start considering going back to the States with her two children. But Mary refuses. Mike writes a letter back in the cave saying his final goodbyes and includes goodbyes for Matthew. It's so sad. For when they find the bodies kind of thing, right? I thought he was going to get up and leave. Well, he's getting prepared just in case. Just in case. Day eight. Mike attempts to climb the ridge again, hoping at the very least that he could get a sense of where he and Matthew are if he reaches the top. But this time he gets to the top. He gets up there. When he gets up there, he can't see the ski resort, but he can see some cabins in the distance. So now he has to decide, should he go down to the, to the cabins and leave Matthew behind? Yes. 
What if there's nobody at the cabins when he gets there? So what? It's warmth. He can warm up. Maybe there's a phone. Maybe you can start a fire. Right. Maybe you can do anything to send out smoke signals. Maybe you could burn one of the damn cabins down and the <laughs> firefighters will show up and rescue him. All right. He also realized that if he didn't go, they were both going to die. And he was only getting weaker by the day. So he went back to the cave and he tells Matthew the situation. And Matthew tells him, yes, you should go. Matthew says, if you stay here, they're just going to find our bodies. So Mike left Matt his coat and told him not to leave the cave. Don't leave the cave. Right. He says he'll be back before nightfall and makes the super hard decision to leave Matthew in the cave while he tries to get help. When Mike was at the top of the ridge, he spotted a trail running into the cottage's area, cabin's area. So he puts on his skis and heads towards it. Mike was very weak. He hadn't eaten or slept well in eight days, and he had to stop like every five minutes to catch his breath. As he gets closer to the village, he noticed that there was no smoke coming from any of the chimneys. There was no power lines heading to any of the cabins, and the only thing he noticed in the area was a lot of animal tracks. Not good signs. Not good signs. No. It's obvious that there's nobody there. Nobody there. No. So he gets to the cabins and he lets himself into one of them, a.k.a. he broke in, which, I mean, who wouldn't at this point? And he decides that he's going to start a fire in hopes that rescuers would notice the smoke. What a smart idea. <laughs> what a smart idea. I recommend. He found a box of matches, but it only had one match left in it. What are the chances? Well, obviously, what do you mean? That he can start a fire with one match? No, what are the chances that there's one match left in that box of matches? Good, because there was one there. there. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just about to light it, and then he's like, just, like, I just, I, I need more than this. What if this doesn't work? So he decided to wait and see what was in the other cabins. He found a bottle of kerosene in one of the other cabins, but no more matches. So he decides to put the two together. Good idea, right? He no. went <laughs> why? No. <laughs> he went back and tried to strike the match, but it wouldn't light. Like he just kept, you know, those red tip sulfur tip matches. Yeah, they get damp and they And crumble. it was just like crumbling off every time. So he gets until to the point where there's like no more sulfur on it and he knows that it's pooched. He, it's not going to light. Meanwhile, it's gotten dark out and Matthew is alone in the cave, surrounded by all these wild animal noises, and he's terrified. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wolves. Right. That's is there wolves in Turkey? I think so. I think that, well, the, I was watching this on a show, and in the show when they were talking about the animal noises, it was wolves that they were playing. So I'm imagining that's what he was hearing. Okay. Okay. But you don't really know. No, you didn't research it. because Hollywood could have like Hollywood history. <laughs> they could have taken raccoon noises and said, "I heard animal noises and made a wolf noise." You know what I mean? They do that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so Mike wakes up and he tries to stand the next morning, but because we're on day nine now, but his feet had thawed during the night because the cabin's a little bit warmer than the cave was. So his feet thawed and they expanded just like Matt's did. He was in terrible pain, and there was no way that he was going to be able to get his boots back on. So now he's stuck in an empty village while Matthew is still up in his cave. Day 10. Mike had run out of water, so he grabbed some pots and pans, and he crawled his way to the front door to try to scoop some snow off of the steps. But then Michael sees a van pulling up. 
He starts banging the pots and pans together to get their attention. And as it turned out, it was a group of loggers that were working on clearing the roads of fallen trees after the storm. Nice. Very nice. So they find Mike. And Mike tells them where to find Matthew and they go out to find him. And they all get lost. <laughs> and they all wind up in the cave. And two <laughs> fell off the ridge. So Mike is sitting in the cabin and people are attending to him. And somebody walks into the room with this little bundle of blankets in their arms. And it's Matt. And Matt is okay. Well, and yeah, because you ruined that at the beginning, <laughs> Terrence. And so it's like this big, beautiful moment. And You sound like you're about to cry. Nope, I'm okay. just telling you. And they, both Mike and Matt made a full recovery, and that is my story. Did they keep all their toes and stuff? Yeah, everything. Full, everything? Full recovery. Full recovery. Yeah. And they still ski to this day. I don't know about that. They didn't say that, so I doubt they do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did, did their dad go and like join the Marines or something to be a little tougher? <laughs> I hate mail again. That's <laughs> yeah. the American Army. Who cares? <laughs> the Americans, right? the, oh, the Americans. Oh, the Americans. Well, I was on the Marine <laughs> side, not the pilot side. People only know about the pilots because of Top Gun and Maverick. I swear to God, everybody else goes, "Oh, and they fly over a football game." That's what that's what the pilots do. Well, I mean, never ever. I didn't ever seen Schwarzenegger walk out and go, "All right, I get into my pilot." <laughs> He probably wouldn't fit in the cockpit. Well, exactly, because he was man size. <laughs> Nothing against you know Tom Cruise is a great actor, but he's a perfect pilot because he's four foot three. Oh my god! With heels on. Well, what you think Tom Cruise is going to listen to this? <laughs> no, no. Well, I think pilots might. Well, they're little. I can't help it. Not all pilots are little. They have to actually. I believe if you look into it, pilots have to be a certain size, height, and weight, or they can't. They're not allowed. Seriously. Oh. oh. Because there is only so much room in the cockpit. Well, there you go. Uh, anybody wants to Google that, they can. I'm pretty sure I'll be right again. <laughs> However. Okay. Good so story. That's story. Thank you. Nice. So that means I'm up. That means it's your turn. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, what I am about to do is prove to you guys that Darwin Awards have been around forever. Oh, I'm sure they have. Like, this is the the whole theory of, like... Well, I know, but we, a lot of them are about, like, uh, electricity and touching this. Well, these are things that happened in the 16th century. Ooh, you really researched. You went back in time. Back in time, baby. The problem is, everything back in time had these big, long, blah, 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 blah names. So I'm not going to oh. get any of this shit right. <laughs> Yeah, welcome Forlorn. to my world. Forlorning, for forlorning, forwarning <laughs> yeah. you now. Uh, yeah, so we will start with Brano Am Inn. What is it? A person or a place? It's a town in Austria, okay. bordered by Germany. Okay. And it is famous for two people. Oh, and who are these people? Well, one is Adolf Hitler. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. That's not a good reason to be famous. No, not at all. But he was born there. Okay. And the other one is Hans Steininger. Steininger? Steininger. We're going to go with Steininger. Okay. I like it. We're going to go Steininger. Don't care if it's right. That's what I'm doing with. He's well, dead. I mean, it's German, so it's probably Stein. Stein? Steininger. Yeah. All right, Steininger. We'll go with that just because you say so. But either way, he's still dead. So. <laughs> and this was the town's mayor in the 16th century. 
the townspeople would probably prefer to highlight just the town mayor, not that Hitler was born there, yeah. however. Yeah. So Hans Steininger, no, I'm like Stein, Stein, <laughs> <laughs> was a well-liked mayor. And he famously had a long, long and well-groomed beard of around 137 centimeters. That's like a meter and a third. That's a long beard. So for anybody out there that is old school like me, that is four feet and a half. Four and a half feet. Yeah. That stretched down to the ground. He usually carefully rolled it up and tucked it into his pocket. However, on the September night in 1567... There was a big fire in the town. But I'm not going to say its name again because I no, couldn't get ready the first time. that's probably a good idea. And everyone ran around in a panic. Hans Steininger, amidst the, con the, the chaos and everything, his beard came out of his pocket. Oh, no. Oh, yes. It the... caught fire. And no, he no? did not catch fire. And it started flying around and everything going all over the place. And as he was running down the stairs, Hans stumbled on his own beard oh, and no. tripped. <laughs> yeah, he tripped. It wrapped around his feet. He tripped down the stairs. I bet you he's the only person in history who's ever tripped on his own beard. I don't know. But consequently, he fell down the rest of the steps and broke his neck and died in the process. This is why you don't have ridiculous beards. This made him the man who was killed by his own beard. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. The nice thing is, after the incident, the townspeople built a monument on the wall of St. Stephen's Church in honor of their beloved mayor. And before the funeral, they also cut off his beard. <laughs> so he spent his whole life. Oh, my God. Why did they do that? And preserved it with chemicals. And it's still displaying in the local history museum That's today. disgusting. <laughs> what? Where's your beloved mayor? <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> they have his long pubic hairs oh my God. hanging on the wall. That's so gross. You wouldn't want to, like, if I grew a nice long beard, nope. you wouldn't keep it to remember nope. me? No. Nope. You wouldn't post nope. little pubic hairs beside our bed? I would buzz it off while you slept. What? <laughs> well, how about that? So, yes, um, it's nice to have a beard if you like to do that thing. I, I personally can't grow a beard. Mine just keeps getting thick, 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 and it doesn't go long. Yeah. It goes, gets thick. It just goes straight out. Like, straight out. Like a porcupine. Yeah, like a porcupine. <laughs> punch you in the face. <laughs> nice and thick, but it doesn't go long. Like no ZZ no. tops yeah. happening here. So, uh, for I've done three stories this week, too. Oh, Because I've taken go. you back in time, so I'm giving you a little history. Yeah. All three of mine take back are back in time ones. Well, there you go. Yes. So, Tycho Bra was a famous Danish astronomer. 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 Let's go with him. Yeah, okay. Shush. Listen, you got me on marine. I can get you on marine. I can't read, okay? You're just highlighting that I'm deficient in my schooling. And this is why I spent, you know, I tell you all the time I spent in the library when I was younger yeah. growing up. This is why, it's okay? Lies. It's I, have, all lies. I have reading deficiency and I was trying to make myself better. And now you're just bringing me back and making me sad. I also can't say jewelry. Jewelry. Ju I can't jewelry. say that word. <laughs> so if I ever started with that, I remember skipping that shit too. I don't think you, you know why I can't say that. I think it's expensive and women want it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I just grew scared of saying it. Anyways, 
Uh, Tycho, we're, uh, uh, Danish guy that checked out stars. Uh, right. He was from a noble <laughs> family that lived in the 16th century. He was awarded an island from the Danish king. Where oh, he... here's an island. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I don't really own this, but we're just going to give it to you. How about that? No, it was so hard. <laughs> guy got an island. Why, why are you upset about this? I want an island, damn it. Well, go talk to the Danish king. <laughs> I will. And he built two observatories. Okay. On that island called Heaven. Heaven? No, it's H V E N. Say it wherever they want. Ven. What? Ven. Ven? No H. <laughs> well, why do they put this stupid thing there? Why do we waste I letters? I made that up. It might not. Oh. It might be Hen. I don't know. I the know astronomer. The astronomer? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the guy that checked out stars made many observations and discoveries, even at a time when the telescope was not yet invented, relying solely on his eyes navigation instruments and the mathematical calculations he was able to discover a thousand stars including what we know today as a supernova nice he was a smart guy smart guy yes with good eyes yes however in in 1597 he quarreled with the new danish king the new one okay not the one that gave him the island right the new one long live the old king is dead long live the king right right and he got sent into exile in Prague. Okay. Where he became the imperial star looker. Oh. <laughs> See how I did that? I feel like we're in an episode of Star Wars all of a sudden. Tycho was raised within one of the most influ- influential Danish noble families and was extremely polite. So he was attending a banquet in Prague where he did not want to excuse himself from the table in order to go pee. Oh. Because he thought that would be extremely impolite while the activities were going on. So he held his pee in he until the end of the banquet. He holding his pee. However, when he arrived home, the overhauling caused an infection so bad that he could not pee normally and died 11 days later. Well, don't hold in your pee, ladies and gentlemen. Right. That's, that's that's very unfortunate. Yes. It actually says on there, and I wrote it down, was the moral of the story is hold your pee. Don't, don't hold your pee. Don't, don't hold your, your pee. Don't, don't, don't hold <laughs> Never your hold your pee. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got some editing to do. Take yeah. that part out. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I don't know if it's yeah. like, first of all, I don't know why saying excuse me, it would be impolite. Right. Yeah. I, don't I can't know. figure that one out. And second of all, I I've don't always... I've always heard that about holding in your pee, but I always thought it was an old wives' tale. I know they also used to say something about it could uh, hurt your kidneys. And... Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. And yeah. maybe, maybe today it is. I don't know. Yeah, could be. Yeah, that's something I don't like. I don't. I don't look in to see how. Maybe long he had an infection more. brewing already. But did I not have somebody else? Remember, I did a Darwin Award also, where somebody didn't want to go poop and they yeah. held it in. Yeah, and they died. And they died. Yeah. So there's something to it. There is absolutely. Hmm. Well, there you go, people. There you go. Did we not have someone tell us something that we were going to use this week as our inspirational quote as well? Yeah, because if you don't like our podcast, yes, maybe you should like more things. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't remember what it was, but that's right. If you don't like our podcast, you should like more things, like our podcast. I don't know why you wouldn't like it. How rude of you people not to like it. And I've given you so many options. (laughs) Like I said, you don't have to like it. Just play it in the background. Throw it on your porch. 
Anyways, we're not at that point yet. Because <laughs> I have one more. Okay. One more. Okay, I'm listening. Here we go. Sam Wardle. Sam Wardle was a lamplighter in Flatbush, New York, in the, oh. in the 1880s. His job involved turning on the street lamps when night fell and then turning them off when dawn came. Okay. Good gig, good gig. It was not an easy job to wake up so early every single morning. I think that it I I think that I know how he feels. <laughs> it was kind of funny that this touched on your little rant first thing, eh? An alarm that could be easily snoozed was not enough for this task. So he developed his own alarm system to guarantee that he would wake up for sure. Okay. He connected a usual alarm clock by a wire to his shelf. Then he put a 10 pound stone on the shelf. In this way, when the alarm went off, the shelf would that be dragged down or the stone would be dragged off the shelf and down to the, and fall to the heavy to the floor. Please Bang. tell me he didn't put it above his head. No. Okay. Now I've lost where I was and there was a whole bunch of silence, which is not good on a podcast. Here we go. I found where I am <laughs> <clears throat> making a sound that would be hard to sleep through. The system worked pretty well until the day it killed him. How? Well, a Christmas party, which he invited his friends over for. So he had a Christmas party. He invited all his friends over, but to make more room, he moved his bed. <laughs> Under the stone. Under the stone. No. So yes, when the... Uh, that's just so dumb. Yes. And then after the celebration, he was too drunk and tired and he forgot that he put his bed under the shelf. And when the alarm went off, the oh, stone fell, hit him in the head. No. And that I th was imagine the, that, like, and that was the day rock. the lights went out in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a 10 pan rock falling off of a shelf onto the floor every day. I hope he wasn't renting because the landlord would come in and be like, what the fuck happened to my floors? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Back then, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. What are they going to do? Charge him with something? He's dead. I guess. Well, those were good stories. I liked that you went back into history. That was fun. Back in time. So now, where are we at? It's our call to action. Do we have to keep doing call to action? Just. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to edit all that too. i will i will sorry edit. we had to shut things off because uh yeah we had to and now i'm just saying hello to welcome everybody back but then i realized that i didn't have to do that she's gonna edit it so yeah. maybe she'll leave the hello in maybe she won't if she doesn't you're not gonna know what this whole little Surprise! conversation is about Surprise. <laughs> so anyways yes call to action i guess we shall do it okay so please listen to our podcast subscribe please listen if because you have any comments about how poorly we did this week, yes. please send them to Cheryl Riches. <laughs> or just shout out on our Facebook page. We like that. Yes, we have a bunch of, uh, we've had a few uh, reach out to us on our Facebook page, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hearing where, where you're from and all that stuff, so that's awesome. Uh, continue doing that. You can email us at debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. And... Yeah, I can reach out on Instagram. Stories are always out there. And we, like I said, we post everything on Facebook. We now have inspirational quotes going. And we are a couple of weeks away from our grand YouTube. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's if our daughter can figure shit out. Yes. No pressure, honey. <laughs> you no, can do it. No pressure at all. <laughs> oh, and We've only got 6,000 listeners <laughs> waiting to go on YouTube to see us. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Love you.
<laughs> okay. That's our call to action. That's our call to action. Yes. Like, share, give it to everybody. We're on everywhere. Amazon, Spotify, Apple, everything. Yeah. Google Like, podcasts. love us, follow. Yeah. Tell your All friends right. to follow. P- steal people's phones and follow for us. Yes. I did that a couple days ago. There you go. And then they couldn't figure out how to turn it off. So now it is time for the dad joke. Ah, the dad joke is so stupid this week. Well, why'd you pick it? Because I only had 20 minutes to look for one today because I was busy and I realized again that I needed one. Okay, so get ready for a stinker. This one's going to stink. Boo. I already don't like (laughs) it. So what rock group has four men that don't sing? I don't know. Mount Rushmore. Oh. Bom, bom, bom. I know. Could have went with my wife thinks that I'm immature, so I told her to get out of my fort. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. They're dad jokes, <laughs> they're right? Dad jokes. I mean, they're supposed they're, to be there's, dumb. there's some they good ones, supposed, supposed to be some bad yeah. ones. So yeah. I know if you're driving to work today and you went, Rob, what the hell? I apologize. You can go home and tell it to a six year old. That's They'll right. like it. They'll like it if, if they, they know what Mel Rushmore yeah. is. <laughs> go do your homework. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. once again, thanks for bearing witness. Oh, bearing what? I don't know. You're saying weird things to me. I know. I'm not even drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for spending your time with us and listening. Yes. Please enjoy. Please, they have enjoyed. Oh, yeah. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. All right. With that, I'm going to turn this off. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>